salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, the Commission. I have been listening to so many people regarding Justin Fields, quarterback from the Ohio State University that is entering into the 2021 NFL draft, which takes place in less than two weeks. I'm bothered by these people. Why am I so bothered by these people? I really don't know. It takes a lot to bother me when you hear day after day how we try to find so many issues, flaws, and complications regarding one man that's trying to be selected to go into the draft to play on the NFL team for his career. And we look and we observe, we we magnify on every flaw this man's had. And I'm going to do my best to make the compelling argument that Justin Fields deserves every opportunity to be not just a top 10 NFL pick in the draft, but to be the second best quarterback being selected in the draft. He is right now the second most talented quarterback in the draft. If you've seen footage as I've seen footage this past week from Monday to where we are now going into the weekend. I, if I didn't know Justin Fields before, then maybe I'm the fool. To know that Justin Fields has put so much footage together of just how well he is as a young man, as well as a quarterback for what is the Ohio State University Mind you, he didn't just start with Ohio State this season. He started with them two seasons ago. 2019, he comes over from Georgia. Shout out to all those people out there in Kennesaw. I think I said it right. Kennesaw, Georgia, where he's from. Plays for the Georgia Bulldogs for probably 10 weeks, maybe less. And he decides this is not where I want to be. Maybe it was something about the University of Georgia that was giving him fits. Nothing about Georgia really uh, uh, made him feel comfortable, suitable to be the quarterback there in Georgia. So he leaves Georgia, transfers to Ohio State University. 2019 could very well have been his best season of all times, collegiately. And he has an outstanding year becomes a Heisman Trophy finalist. And we can't figure out why people are not talking more about Justin Fields. Now, I was on this mic not too long ago, and I had my say about Justin Fields, but that was in large part for what I saw of this past season in 2020. Because everything that I saw this past season didn't prove to me. It didn't really wow me. There was nothing about him that told me the tale that he belonged in a position where he could be ranked top five or top three quarterback going into the draft this year. Nothing said that about him in 2020. 
the people said, well, you got to look at the body work he put together in 2019. You got to see how accurate he is. He has the strong arm. He has the um, the awareness to, do, to know what to do in the pocket, outside the pocket, to be able to run, to be able to utilize his, his players, his receivers. Uh, they had a soft offense, whatever that means, that involved having to be able to um, pinpoint his his key receivers. Now, <laughs> now I, I, listen, I know so much about football. What I don't know is how to be a scout when I'm talking about football. I'm pretty sure if you're a scout, there's a Bible somewhere that tells you what it is you're looking for with these quarterbacks coming out of college. But spare me. Okay, spare me the analytics, spare me all these key words, superlatives that you're trying to find about these quarterbacks. Let's face it, outside of what we saw from Trevor Lawrence, he didn't look that impressive against Ohio State this past season in the Sugar Bowl that Justin Fields won. And, you know, I, I know that Trevor Lawrence is going to become the number one overall pick. And I'm happy for Trevor Lawrence and his family. I'm happy that this man played as well as he did in Clemson for three seasons. Probably should have won another championship outside the one he won as a freshman. But that's me digressing all over again regarding these guys. I don't have time for all that. All I'm saying is this. To think that Justin Fields cannot play for any of these teams that are selecting them within the top, let's say the top 15, let's just say 15. If he drops to 15, we know where he's going to go. But if you look at the Jets and what they need, Justin Fields fits that position. If you look at San Francisco and what they need, he fits that position. If you look at Carolina, what they need, even with Sam Darnold, he fits that position. And there's so many other teams that were there for his second pro day. New York was in the house. San Fran was in the house. Atlanta was in the house. Carolina was in the house. Denver was in the house. New England was in the house. Chicago, Chi-Town was in the house. All these guys had to go back for the second pro day because I think they wanted to see if this man could actually fly out the gym. They wanted to see if this man could pick up five tons of steel and just be able to throw it accurately to whomever. I mean, you want him to become superhuman after a second pro day. This is what blows my mind. Is Trevor Lawrence going to have a second pro day? Is Mac Jones? I believe, I don't know if he did or not, but is he going to have a second pro day? I mean, what's going on with these quarterbacks that you need a second pro day to see what it is you need to see? One person said it best. All I need is film. All I need to see is what he's done over the course of time, be it the last two years, four years, ten years, to see how he's probably progressed as a quarterback to make the argument that Justin Fields deserves every right in the world to be a top ten pick in this upcoming draft. That's what I felt. That's what the commish felt. And I have him going to Denver for one particular reason only. The other teams that will have an opportunity to pick Justin Fields, including the New York Jets, they all have teams that are lacking in some department. 
If they're not lacking in the running game, they're lacking in the receiving game. If they're not lacking in the receiving game, they're lacking in the offensive line game. If they're, la- they're not lacking there, they're lacking somewhere else. If you're going to plug in Justin Fields with the Jets, let's have everything ready and prepared for Justin Fields to take on that responsibility because the Jets is still a dumpster fire. You can say whatever it is you want. Jet fans understand where I'm coming from. You've done nothing for me to tell me that you've improved that team in that division, seeing how New England spent nearly $200 million in free agency alone. What do you think this is all about? We understand that the salary cap is is, is limited, is low. Maybe you're not going to be able to invest as much money in the receivers that you wanted, but they were there. They were there for free agency. You could have picked anybody. But you sat there and said, you know, we'll go with Corey Davis. Perhaps he's feasible. Maybe he's more affordable than for what we want. We'll just pick him, select him, and let the chips fall where they are. Well, listen, in order for the Jets to win, you got to match New England toe-to-toe. Pound for pound. You didn't do that. So even if you bring Justin Fields into the mix, number two overall, you're setting that man up to fail. And this is what I was trying to say when I was doing my mock draft. I have Justin Fields dropping to nine, in large part because I think these organizations know who they want at quarterback one two and so forth but as you drop further down some of these teams don't need quarterbacks they may need wideouts they need they may need offensive linemen so just based off of the order of the draft barring that there aren't any trades of course denver is probably probably the best team the best fit for Justin Fields because of the weapons that they already have in that offense. That offensive line is decent. That receiving core is decent and young. They have a fairly decent running game, which they they can honestly improve in the draft. You know, you lose Phillip Lindsey, and I understand why, but that team is ready to win now. Drew Locke has an opportunity to improve himself so that that team as a whole can improve. But you have to worry about his personality. You got to worry about his behavior. You got to worry about his antics on the field to say if he is ready to take on the responsibility as the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Justin Fields is a person that is ready for that position right now. If he falls to John Elway, it will be a gift from God for Justin Fields to play with Denver because everything that Justin Fields is going to need will be right there in a division where they'll need him, the second best quarterback coming out of the draft to do just that against a Derek Carr, against a Justin Herbert, against a Patrick Mahomes. Of all the quarterbacks that are coming out in this draft and of the five that we could think of that will probably go in the first round, Justin Fields' best fit is Denver. Now he could say, well, you know what? My best fit is anywhere. You know what? You're probably right. But you sure as hell don't want to go to the Jets. I don't think you'd feel comfortable in San Fran because they don't really have much of an offense outside of Kittle. 
who else are they having that passing game to throw to? Please. I mean, you look at Atlanta, they're not going to get a quarterback now. Cincinnati's good. Miami's good. Detroit's good. I mean, Carolina may need another quarterback, but they're not going to invest all that money in another quarterback after what they have with Sam Darnold. Outside of the picks that they give, they still have to work within the cap, too. What's left at the Carolina? Denver. Denver sits there at nine, which is what I've been saying all this time on Twitter. Enough of the footage of Justin Fields. He's a great quarterback. He's going to be a great quarterback on a team that will know how to use such a dual threat in Justin Fields to win games. Now, according to the sources that I've read, and it's just backing up my point, he's dynamic, dual threat who can beat opponents with his arm, feet, and mind. Quick setup and delivery, efficient over-the-top delivery. That's what we want out of a quarterback. That's what we need out of a quarterback. Someone that can help us win with his arm, his feet, and his mind. Who does he remind you of outside of Patrick Mahomes? Russell Wilson. Dual threat. That's what you want in the future. This is what every team's going to need in the future. San Fran knows, which is why they trade up from 12 to 3. Perhaps they'll pull the trigger and get Justin Fields. And if so, kudos to them. Salute. Hopefully, you'll get a chance to be the, the uh, one of the top three uh, picks or even quarterbacks coming out the draft. But even if you don't go to San Francisco, I like you right there in Denver, bro. If you drop the nine, let that be a blessing. Because Tom, not Tom, excuse me, John Elway will find a way to make sure that he can make use of a quarterback that's ready right now, not just to win, but to play professional football, to not be a cornball, to not go out there and act silly, show all these crazy antics. This man, all he cares about is winning. One footage I saw on TV said, I'm not trying to make friends. Good. That's what I want. If I'm Denver, that's what I want. If I'm New York, that's what I want. If I'm San Fran, that's what I want. Those are the three teams I got to believe in the top 10 that are really looking for quarterbacks that they feel can take them into the future. That's what I want for Justin Fields. That's what I'm hoping happens for Justin I know I said some things about him regarding how he played this past season, but so what? I'm taking it all back because I'm tired of how they're breaking this man down, where he's going to be dropping out the top 10, where he's not well enough to play professional football on a level of Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Are you kidding me? Last I checked, he defeated Trevor Lawrence in the Sugar Bowl. This is past season. Don't tell me what it is he can't do. Because I got to believe this is just another way to bring this man down mentally to make him feel as though he is not efficient, that he's not superior enough to play NFL football. So says the commission. I just want to take a few minutes to give a shout out if I'm going to do 
just that. And I don't I don't want to give him a shout out. He probably deserves a little bit more credit, a little bit more recognition than that. I think he deserves all the praise right now for what he did in his 12 years in New England. And just like how we honored uh, Rob, Bron- Rob Gronkowski when he retired from New England, I guess you got to do the same thing for Julian Edelman for what he did with that offense in New England. Uh, dare I say outside of what we saw from Tom Brady and Wes Welker and Troy Brown, you got to put Edelman somewhere in the mix of all that. These are receivers that Tom Brady learned to love because he could rely on these guys so much to do the job that he was looking for these guys to do. That slot receiver was was outside of uh, Rob Gronkowski. It was his bread and butter. That's what he was looking for, that safety valve, to get him out of those jams. He sit out in, in, in um, the shotgun position, and then whether it be Wes Welker, whether it be Troy Brown, whether it was Julian Edelman, he knew how to dump it to those guys. They were on point every time. But what Julian Edelman was to that offense over the last five or six seasons is what really put him on the map. Because outside of him playing 12 years, he really wasn't that effective for that team. It wasn't until Wes Welker leaves that they decided to utilize him a lot more on offense. And this man retires, winning three Super Bowl rings, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl 53. And already they got this guy going to the Hall of Fame. Pump the brakes. Man, please. He's not ready to be anointed Hall of Fame. Just They did the same thing with Gronkowski. Yeah, I know this man has three rings. Now he's got a fourth ring with... with t- Listen, these are great players. They were on a great team. And because there are great players on a great team, doesn't necessarily mean that they're super, they're uh, Hall of Fame bound. I'm not saying that Julian Element won't go into the Hall of Fame, but why are we so quick to put the man in there right now? He just retired. Give this man a second to breathe. Give this man a second to walk. Maybe have a sandwich. Who knows? This man just retired and already got him in the Hall of Fame. Now, I can make the argument about all the other receivers that have yet to go into the Hall of Fame. How you doing, Heinz Ward? How you doing, Gary Clark? How you guys doing this evening? I can make the argument about a number of receivers, some even from New England. What's up, Troy Brown? What's going on, partner? But I'm not going to go through all that now because I want to give Julian Elman his due. I don't have all the accolades in front of me, but the ones that stand out the most are the ones that I saw in Super Bowl 51 against Atlanta when he made that catch. The Super Bowl he, he won MVP in against the Rams. You know, he, he had some great years with New England. He was just as key an asset on that New England offense as a number of the other guys that probably don't get as much recognition. And I like the classiness of Edelman. He had his moments, but there was nothing about him that you said, uh, this guy doesn't, he doesn't fit the Patriot way. He doesn't fit the offense. Please. Stand-up guy, did a great job with that team, 12 seasons. Quarterback coming out of Kent State. Second round, I'm sorry, excuse me, not second round, seventh round pick going to New England. And look where he is now. Outstanding career. I'm pretty sure he'll be an analyst at some point, probably within the next eight months. 
<laughs> this guy's probably getting lessons right now. Just retired about 24 hours ago. But it's a great story when you think about what Julian Edelman did for that team. Tom Brady thinks the world of him. He has a very he has a right to. He has all the right in the world to think that way about Edelman. Because he knew when when things were tough, when the chips were down, when when Gronkowski was hurt, when that brother couldn't even play football, they relied so much on Edelman. And how many games did he help win? He might not have the record as far as touchdowns during the regular season as some other receivers, but he was reliable. He was available, which is what Belichick loves. Belichick is known for saying the best ability is availability. And Edelman was just that. So says the commission. Don't have much time left. I'm going to bounce and try to do this again another day. I want to thank all of you that have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. It means so much to me. Thank you very much again. I hope you all have a great weekend. There's a lot of craziness going on. Won't digress into it today. But I'm sure I'll touch on it again when the time comes, when I have more information. But it's all about football right now, ladies and gentlemen. And I will be talking more about the NBA as we get closer to playoff time. We are about three weeks away from the NBA playoffs. And I will go into detail with that probably right after our NFL draft. With that being said, I am the Kamish. This is the Kneel Down Podcast. Peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. I'm out.